Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. As I look around this morning, I'm assuming that, at least as far as I can tell, most of us looked at a mirror this morning. Now maybe you have given up looking at mirrors. Maybe you don't like what you're seeing. I called a friend of mine from college days on Friday night during a celebration of his 60th birthday, did a video call. And when I got on the phone, he said, I don't even recognize you. I said, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Maybe it is time to quit looking. I don't know, but I guess that most of us did. We sure don't want to leave without checking everything, right? Well, my question to you is... What did you see? When you looked in that mirror this morning, what did you see? You like what you saw? Did you look past what the mirror reflected of your person? And when you look at yourself on a daily basis, what do you see? There are a lot of people who look at themselves and are very discouraged. And all of this time with the pandemic, we have been confronted in such a way that there are so many people who've lived a depressed life. There are so many people who just don't see any hope in life. Today I want to ask you a question. Do you see yourself as God sees you I'm convinced that if we, as Christian people, would see ourselves in the same way that God sees us, oh, we could live the abundant life. But we may not live that abundant life a lot of times because we're not seeing ourselves in the way God does. So for a few minutes this morning, Let's talk about seeing ourselves in that way. But first, let's notice how we do see ourselves. In the first place, we have a view of ourselves that comes to us from others who are constantly telling us about ourselves. But we need to remember that they have an external view of us. Now, I understand the principle of the fruit tree. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse number 15. Beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree bears good fruit. Bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. I understand the fruit tree principle. 
People see us externally and they see what we do. They see our works and they look at us and they say, oh, that's who you are. And they might even criticize us constantly. They might be very rough. They might always be on you for some reason or another. And we have to learn to deal with that. So they see us externally. They have this view of us that sometimes gets in our psyche if they're constantly badgering us. I also know, number two, that we should want to have a good reputation. In Proverbs 22 and in verse 1, Solomon said, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. I should want to have a good reputation. You should want to have a good reputation. Therefore, we should want others to have a good view of us. That's who we are. I understand that. But what others think of us should not be our first priority. There are some people who work so hard at making sure that others feel good about them or see them well <clears throat> that they don't live well. Uh, maybe they even abuse themselves <clears throat> just so others will feel good about them. I understand the reputation. And I understand that people see us, but it's not our first priority. When Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, he said, We dare not class ourselves or measure ourselves like those who measure themselves by themselves. Because if you measure yourself by yourself, you're not wise. Well, that idea is that others can heap on us because we're comparing ourselves amongst each other. <clears throat> and when others are involved in the process, it might be misunderstood. I want to know today, while your reputation is important, how others see you is important, that should not be the priority that you set for yourself just to have others feel good about you because there is a higher priority than that. And here is one of those. The second thing we do is we see ourselves from our own internal view. I know myself far better than you do. You know yourself far better than anybody else knows you. While they are looking externally, you know yourself internally. You understand who you really are. You know the things that are going on that nobody else sees. And maybe you're just like Paul. 
And Paul said in Romans chapter 7, I know that nothing good in me dwells. The good that I want to do, I do not do. The evil that I don't want to do, that's what I do. If then I do what I don't want to do, I understand it's sin that lives in me. You know your heart. You know your mind. You know who the real you is. Do you beat on yourself? Do you shy away from the mirror? Because you just don't want to look at that anymore? Do you get discouraged that you just can't quit whatever it is you're trying? Do you ever get tired of the battle? Others may not see it, but you do. And maybe you come here today with this view of yourself that puts you down so low that you can't enjoy the abundant life. Well, we should be open to self-examination. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Yes, we should be examining ourselves. We should look. We should try to find the areas that we need to clean up. Yes, that is true. But I find great comfort in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 20. John says, brethren, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Some people are just too tough on themselves. Sometimes we just set standards that are way past what should be. Oh, I think we should aim as high as we should and could, yes. But some people are just unrealistic in their expectations of themselves, and therefore their view of themselves causes them trouble. But isn't it great to know isn't it that God knows us truly? You see, this is the third one, and it's the highest view. Others have an external view. I have an internal view. But God has a blood view of me. This is hard to understand. It just doesn't really make sense to us. But this is one of the greatest things possible for us as Christians. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 for just a minute or two. And I want to start at verse number 3. 
And I want you to see why and how God has a blood view of me. <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. That passage tells me that God has a blood view of me. One way to describe that, to understand the concept, as all illustrations and analogies fall short in some way, but here is one that we can see. Have you ever put on sunglasses that have a tint to them of a different color? And then you switch to another color and the tint that you see changes. I have a pair that when I look through them, it puts a bit of a, a red tinge on everything. I had one that put a green hue. You can have blue. You can have orange. Whatever you're looking through tints what you see to some degree. Furthermore, when you put on those tinted glasses, not every color that you see is exactly the color that it is. Because sometimes it looks this shade when it's really this one. Thankfully, I believe that's how God looks at us. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. And through the blood of Jesus, look what he said. He looks at me and he says, holy and without blame. Well, that can't be right. Because I'm not always holy. And I can certainly find blame. God looks through the blood view, and he says, accepted. How can you do that? <clears throat> I failed you. Why do you want me? And he looks through the blood view, and he says, forgiven. So if my heart condemns me, it may not be accurate. 
Because God is seeing the real me through the blood of Jesus. All spiritual blessings are there. And I think the spiritual blessing that he's talking about is that God, through the blood of Jesus, sees me for who I really am. Not for what I fail to do every now and then. Not for what I do every now and then. And he doesn't see me by how I feel about myself. He sees me through the blood of Jesus. Now granted, he expects me to live in Jesus. If all spiritual blessings are there, then I need to live there. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ. Continues to cleanse us of sin. That's how he does it. If I'm walking in the light, even if I fail, even if I mess up, his blood view of me still is in effect. And he sees me as this forgiven, holy, blameless, accepted child of God. In Romans 8 and verse 1, Paul declared, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If I look in the mirror and I want to condemn myself because I'm a failure, I want to condemn myself because I just keep messing up. God says, if you're in Jesus, you're not condemned. The challenge is, yes, to live in Jesus, but the truth is, by his blood view, he still sees us as one of his children. So, if you come here today or if you're online with us today, and you're influenced by how others see you and they're constantly beating on you, criticizing you and causing you problems. If you came here today and, and you loathe yourself, you can't stand looking in the mirror because you know who you really are. And yet you're a child of God. And God sees you through his Son's blood. How can I learn to see me the way God sees me? Let me give you three thoughts. And then the lesson is yours. Number one, live your faith. Romans 14 and verse 23, whatever is not from faith is sin. Do you want others to have a good view of you? Then practice the principle that says, I will only do what I can do by faith. 
What does that mean? Well, Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you will open up the Word and say, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to let the Word of God decide what I do and what I don't do. You will be very conscious of the external view that others have of you, and it will change you. It'll make you more aware. For instance, what if you have, have you ever been somewhere and you see someone wearing a I love Jesus shirt? And then all of a sudden, you hear some of the awfulest language that ever could be come out of their mouths. And you think, what? That doesn't match. Have you ever been cut off in traffic by someone whose car had a bumper sticker, honk if you love Jesus? And you think, wait a minute. That doesn't fit. You see, if we'll live our faith, live our faith on display with the consciousness that others are watching, it'll improve our external view. Number two, defend your hope. Peter said, sanctify the Lord God and be ready always to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. If you can defend your faith, your internal view of yourself will be strong. If I can know um, in my heart and in my mind that I can stand up to whatever's coming and I've already made the effort, I've prepared myself, I've found out how to defend what my faith is, don't you think that I'll have a better faith view of myself? I will. The problem we have is that we're not prepared to defend our Christian faith, and therefore we're scared. Or, we're not ready to live our faith, and therefore, we're terrified. If I will learn to defend my hope, so that whoever asks will know where I stand, I'll have a better internal view of me. But the final thing that God gives us, the final thought that we need to have that God right here in 1 John 1 and verse 9 says, accept God's forgiveness. His blood view of me already sees me as a forgiven child of God. But how many of us walk around carrying the baggage 
of forgiven sin because we just can't set it aside. We have people who are damaging themselves because they just can't get over the past. Oh, I know it's trite. It's trite to tell someone who is really struggling to say, get over it. It boils down to that. Because if you are a forgiven person, then live a forgiven life. And if you come here today weighed down with the sin that you have constantly and over and over asked God to forgive, then it's time to accept His forgiveness. For if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you see yourself as God sees you? These thoughts to close. One, if you are not in Jesus, you've never been immersed into Jesus Christ, you don't have the blood of Jesus covering you, I'll tell you how God sees you. He sees you lost and in trouble. And you should be terrified. Today would be a great day to change that. If you are a child of God, he'll see you this way. Saved, holy, blameless, accepted, forgiven. If you're having trouble forgiving yourself, maybe the prayers of this group will help you do that. I hope today we can all Learn to see ourselves the way God sees us. And if we can help you with that today, our shepherds will meet you at the front. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.